Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Welcome to our INC and our Elevation family today. So great to be with you. And a special um, prayers go out to all of our Victorian family too that right now we're going through stage four lockdown. We're really praying for you guys and thinking of you and and uh, just really asking God's grace to be upon you at this time. Um, I'm coming to you from Basaw Ranch and I have my congregation in the background who are our therapy cows. So if they interrupt, please excuse us and them, but they're pretty excited to see some activity around here. You know, all through history, there have been defining moments that, that shape a generation. And if I think back, even for my short time on earth here, I remember the first computer I ever uh, heard of or saw. I remember the first mobile phone that I ever got given. And it was like this big Uniden phone that you'd almost have to carry around in a backpack, uh, but it changed the world. I remember the day that the news about Princess Diana uh, broke uh, and her passing, a tragic passing. Uh, I, you know, we all remember uh, September 11 and, and the tragedy and how that shaped a generation. It has shaped the world. And now with COVID, uh, it has shaped the world. We will never be what we were pre-COVID. And just over the last two weeks, I've had the pleasure of traveling through a lot of regional Queensland, visiting our pastors. And it's really uh, um, challenged me pre and post COVID to reevaluate what the Bible says about success compared to what the world says about success. And being out with our pastors in regional Queensland where, you know, uh, um, small communities for some of them and really seeing that the great things and the great impact that they are having in their communities and yet transfer that maybe into a city mentality People could look at it and go, well, it's not as successful as what they may see over here. But it's really challenged me because so much of what we do today, we've, we view through man's eyes. We view through the world's perspective of what success is. And so I want to really dig into this today because uh, I don't know whether you've ever considered in your business, in your life, uh, as I have been through church world, ministry and through our organization, but you actually may be growing, but at the same time failing, according to the Bible. Think for a moment as you read through, and I just want to give you a couple, a couple of, of people through Scripture. Uh, you think about John the Baptist, and the Bible talks about John the Baptist in Luke chapter 7, verse 28, that Jesus said, amongst those born of women, none is greater than John. I mean, this is Jesus' words about John the Baptist. Yet if you were to create a bar chart about John the Baptist, there would be no doubt that over time, his influence and his ministry began to decline. You know, there, there, there was this, uh, uh, just a, a bottoming out of the, the ministry of John the Baptist. We would not consider that successful. If you look at the prophets of Jeremiah and Isaiah, uh, both served God with passion. They served God with obedience. But most and both were written off by most people because of the unresponsiveness of people's lives. Uh, I, we wouldn't consider them as successful today. Jesus 
in John 6, you know, is, is, is preaching and people are leaving him by the droves. But Jesus didn't wring his hands and, and, and question what he's doing. He understood that this is part of the process. He remained content knowing that he was fulfilling God's will. He had a larger, larger perspective. And yet in man's eyes, we would look at that and say that was unsuccessful. It's hard to see how any of the names on the list that we have here would be considered successful in any leadership circle today. John the Baptist would never have been invited to a church conference to speak on church growth or anything like that. But the implications that we may have in our world and in our life that our ministries, our businesses, our influence may be growing, but still could be failing. Embracing God's definition of success in our lives is something that's deeply and greatly challenged me through our season of COVID and, and uh, uh, the self-reflection that I personally have gone through. So today, let me give you a definition of, for me, what I see God's success and, and, and what it looks like according to the Bible. This is my definition. To become who God has called me to become and to do what God has called me to do, regardless of where that might lead me. So for me, my definition of success is to become who God has called me to become, to do what God has called me to do, and to go, no matter what that means, where God has called me to go. And I look at that, and when I visited our uh, pastors who are heroes in regional Queensland and North Queensland and Central Queensland. I look at these men and women who are becoming who God has called them to become, who are doing what God's called them to do and have gone to places where God has called them. And I look at that and go, that is success, I believe, according to Scripture. But what it means is that all the other previous markers for me as a church leader, attendance and giving and whatever momentum we may feel is, is with us or not with us. And, you know, a larger uh, uh, programs and a busier calendar, they have to take a back seat when it comes to success in God's eyes. And so I want to encourage you today to take a moment to pause and reflect. Let me give you a few questions to reflect on. What might change in your context if you were to define success, not by the numbers or the finances or by your perceived influence, but as radically doing God's will? How successful would you be? What external markers might become more or less important if we were more obsessed about doing God's will than we were about anything else? What internal markers might become more important to you? What fears or anxieties are you aware of as you even consider such questions as this? So let me ask you today, are you becoming the person God wants you to be? Are you doing all that God has asked you to do? And are you willing to go wherever God has asked you to go? Because if you are, then let me tell you, you're a success and that's successful according to the Bible and according to my interpretation anyway of what I believe God has called us to be. Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 to verse 40. 
It says this, but when the Pharisees heard that he, that's Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer. And now I want you to think when it says a lawyer, I want you to think if you're a Suits fan, I want you to think Harvey Specter, three-piece suit, great haircut, sharp as, as, as any lawyer was in the, in the, in the uh, um, program Suits. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said, this is Jesus, and he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So what that last statement in verse 40, what Jesus is saying, is saying that, that these two commandments are like a, a, a chain and the first link and the last link. Everything else in between hinges on this. It hinges on our love for God and our love for one another. Everything else is held in balance by these two pivotal parts of the chain. So with this set of verses in mind, let me give you for Ross Abraham, my three new success indicators based upon what I've discovered through the last uh, uh, four months of COVID about myself and about others and what I've discovered through the Word of God. Number one, the first new success indicator is this, a transformative relationship with myself. You know, it's, it's no accident that in Matthew uh, uh, 22, that Jesus says that it's about loving God, it's about loving others, but it's about doing that as you love yourself. Now, I know as a pastor, I should have put loving God first, but, but, but just stay with me for a moment because here's the deal. When you struggle loving yourself, it doesn't matter what's happening around you because it taints your perspective. And that's why Jesus left those, that little statement about loving other people according to the way you love yourself. And the challenge is, folks, a lot of people don't even like themselves. You know, um, if I can be transparent at this moment, uh, leading into COVID, I wasn't in a very healthy place emotionally. And my wife can attest to that. She said I was a miserable person to live with. Uh, I was moody. I was grumpy. Uh, the staff who work with me know that, that uh, I was becoming very abrupt, very sharp, very rude, uh, very uh, un Christ-like in a lot of my, my uh, actions and, and I'm embarrassed by it. And so for the first time in my life, I, I went to see a, a counsellor, therapist. And since then, I've been several times. I've had many more appointments then because I realized that I got a lot more issues than just the one visit. And um, I discovered some stuff. And if I was to describe what my life has been like, and please understand this, this is not COVID-related. This is the accumulation of, of stuff. You know, most of us are like, are like cruise liners that are, 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 you know, we've got the responsibility of other people who come and, and, and use our cabins and come on our, our, our cruise liner and we take them to destinations. But, but we never spend enough time in dry dock having all the barnacles cleaned off of the hull. And for me, 
um, going into therapy was like getting some of the barnacles cleaned off. And what I've discovered, and I want to show you this, is, is like this, this uh, solar electric fence energizer. And it's, it's an illustration that God revealed to me about myself. Because we had this sucker here on one of our electric fences here at Basaw Ranch to keep the cattle in. And it didn't matter how long we left it in the sun, it wasn't charging, the fence wasn't working. So the cattle were getting out, they were having parties everywhere and, and carrying on. And, and, and two, uh, uh, one of the guys looked in the manual and it said, you've got to lift the back off and make sure that it's connected to the battery. So what do we discover? They lift the back off and there is the answer that the solar panel was disconnected to the battery that needed to be charged inside. And as clear as anything, God showed me what my life is like. You see, sometimes, and you may relate to this, it doesn't matter what's happening around you. It's not charging inside of you. It doesn't matter how good a marriage you have or how happy your kids are or how much money you have. There's a disconnect. It doesn't satisfy what's inside of you. So you're always looking for more. You're always trying to find joy in buying something or doing something or this, this external pursuit of happiness out there because there's a disconnect on the inside. And through my season of counseling, and not only that, but doing some equine counseling with, with horses, when trust me, when you've been stood on, bitten and come off like I have, you've, you need all the help you can get. But, but I've discovered that there's a disconnect inside of me. And the disconnect was, it didn't matter what I was reading from Scripture. It didn't matter how good the worship was. When my view of me was so poor, when I saw myself, you know, when, when, when I came off my horse, I was with Jeff Wilson. Uh, that was a mistake right there because Jeff is, is so experienced and I'm so not. And when I came off, Jeff's first words to me were, hey, Ross, this is how you learn to ride a horse as I'm laying on the ground with dirt all over me. What were, were my first thoughts about me? You're a failure because you can't ride a horse. And when you have that disconnect inside of you, it doesn't matter how much God is telling you that I love you, that you're my child, that I gave my son to die on a cross for your past. When you don't see yourself the way God sees you, there's a disconnect on the inside. And so I want to put a challenge out there to all of us that you will know that success is happening in your life when there becomes a transformative relationship with you, with yourself. Circumstances and other people are not in control of your character, the person you become and the life that is before you. They can't dictate it. And so we've got to stop blaming everyone outside, stop looking out the window and take a look in the mirror. I can't successfully love others if I don't love myself. And you'll know, because what are the words that first come out of your mouth when you do something silly? You know, well, I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. I'm a failure. What are the words that first come out of your mouth when you, when you think something about yourself? Listen to how you talk about your own greatness. So, and in doing that, you put other people down. You know, how many times do you look in the mirror and see what's wrong with you, not what's right with you? Do you avoid relationships or situations because of the insecurity in you? You don't want to be around bigger people or strong people because it provokes an insecurity within you. The most important thing in your life is not what you do, it's who you become. And so part of my journey is a transformation with myself, my relationship with me. The second one, 
The second success definer is this, a transformative relationship with Jesus. And that's why in Matthew 22, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Now, I don't mean necessarily that you have a greater uh, grasp on Scripture or a greater understanding of the Bible, although that can be part of it. That's not solely what this is about. It doesn't mean that you now meet with, meet with your groupies and discuss end times and, and you know, the church's relevance post-COVID. Which, if I can pause on that for a moment, as I look around the world, and I, I'm always amazed at the amount of people now that are going, you know what, you know, church, as we knew it, it's finished, and now we meet, need to only meet in small groups, and it's all about house groups. And I look at that and go, as if that's a new revelation. I think most pastors and churches have been trying to push small groups for the last 30 years. I know for me personally in, in Elevation that, you know, let's get our men into small groups. Let's get connected. And I, I kind of look at it. It's like it's both. We need to meet together to celebrate, but we need to meet in small groups for accountability and deep discipleship. So let's, let's not pretend that small groups are like this new revelation. They have been around for a long time. And so let's not get stuck on one little issue. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says this, But we Christians have no veil over our faces. We can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. So let me ask you today, are you, I don't care how smart you, you are, I don't care how much money you have, are you becoming more Christ-like? Is Jesus being reflected through our emotions, through what we do? Do you still get undone by Jesus when you meet with Him? Do you still get undone by His love for you? Does it still move your heart that He died for you? Do you still read Scripture and feel a stirring in your spirit, an area that you can grow in, that God may be challenging you to change? Because that's what it means to have a transformative relationship with Christ. It's not about rehearsing. It's not about a religion. It is a, an alive relationship. So we are changing daily into the image of Jesus. So let me ask you, how's your impatience going? How's your anger going? Do you, do you feel you're being undone as you read scripture and being challenged in these areas? How's the relationship with your kids? How's your reaction to circumstances? How am I dealing with lust? How about my insecurities and feelings of inadequacy? What about my mood swings? Do I feel that daily I can surrender that to Jesus and say, Lord, you know my weaknesses, but I know that you love me. Step into my world and give me strength in my weakness because that's what it means to have, to have a transformative relationship with Jesus. I don't mean just a daily, I mean a transformative, one where we meet with Jesus and we come away different because this is what Matthew 22 is about. Not just a transformative relationship with yourself, but it's also with the Creator. Just because we know more about Jesus doesn't mean we're being transformed by Jesus. And let me give you, give you our third, my third. My third success definer is this, a transformative relationship with others. The Bible says that in Matthew 22, as we've just been reading, that not only are we to love God with our whole might and our whole mind and our whole soul, but we're also to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so 
I found in my life, it's not just and leading into COVID that my love for people was diminishing. I'm honest about that. I was finding it hard to be around people. We would be invited places and I didn't really want to go because I thought I'm going to have to see people. I was spending extended time out here at Basaw Ranch because there was no people. And that's an indicator that, that uh, uh, something's wrong in your life, something's wrong in your soul. And if I can just kind of unpack this a little bit, because I know that during COVID, so many of us have got used to online and it's almost become now, oh, how cool is online? Because I can just, you know, lays back in bed and, 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 and watch a 40 minute service and feel like I've, I, I've kind of, you know, been in the house of God and it's the way we've had to do it, but it's not forever. I mean, online, I think will be with us forever. But we can't, we can't negate the sense of, of by me meeting with other people, I bring faith that they may not have. I bring energy. I bring love. And when we're together to celebrate, there is a power that the scripture calls the, it was the early church that met together and felt the needs for one another and made a statement to the community. So how transformative is our feeling toward other people? Do we feel like we're still going deeper in love for people? Or do we feel like we're shrinking away? Am I just another person who appears to be growing in their love for God, but not growing in their love for people? You know, in the first century, uh, the Christians in the church, Corinth, are actually uh, uh, exactly where at this place. Uh, they, they failed to make that connection. They were zealous, they were diligent and absolutely committed to having God as, as Lord of their lives. They had faith to move mountains. They gave great amount of money to poor people. They were incredibly gifted, but they didn't love people. They did not link loving God to loving people. They had, like many people today have, a disconnected spirituality. Let me read to you what Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, this is not a marriage verse. Uh, it's normally reserved just for marriage. This is not meant to be just a marriage verse, but it says this in verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. That's what I was. I was just a noisy gong. Talk the talk, but it wasn't happening inside. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Let's just think about that for a moment. You know, as we look around the world, there's all these people that are experts all of a sudden and what's going on and, you know, what the church will look like and what we should be doing. All the... And yet behind their language is this almost like a trying to bring division and separation. That's not the spirit of love. Love is about reconciliation. Love is about speaking truth and wholeness into people. Love is about engaging with other people. And scripture tells us that you can have all the mysteries and all the faith and all the knowledge, but if there is no love in your life, then you've got nothing. So let me ask you, is my marriage being transformed because of my relationship with Jesus? Am I falling deeper in love with my spouse through this time? I think one of the bravest things that I've had to do since going to, to counseling 
uh, is to get a lot more honest with my wife. And it has shocked her that, that I, I can suddenly, I'm, I'm this open, honest person that spends much more time crying with her than doing anything else, which is new for me. Uh, I, you know, I, I look at that and go, I don't want to become that high maintenance husband that just starts crying over stuff. But you know what's really happened is that suddenly I've discovered my emotions again. And so for Kathy and I, now that we'll sit down and, and we'll talk in depth about stuff and, and, and the courage to talk about some of my feelings and what's going on in my world, it's actually brought us closer together, not further away. But oftentimes the thought of being weak, the thought of not being in control keeps us, especially as guys, we keeps the mask on and prevents our relationships from going a little bit deeper. What Jesus says in Matthew 22 is that the essence of true Christian spirituality is to love well. It requires that we experience a connection with God. That's first and foremost also a connection with ourselves and then a connection with other people. So God invites us to practice His presence in our daily lives, but at the same time, He invites us to practice the presence of people with an awareness of His presence in our daily relationships. So I want to challenge you today, as I have personally been challenged about the way we view success, because you know what? I don't think we actually do it through with a scriptural perspective or scriptural lens. We do it through the world's perspective. But I want to say today that the most successful people are those that are having a transformed relationship with Christ, a transformed relationship with other people, and a transformed relationship with themselves. And if we can do that, then we are the most successful people on the face of the earth because we're going to go wherever God's called us to go. You know, with that in mind, I want to challenge anyone that's listening today and you've never come into a relationship with Jesus. You don't know what it is to, to, to be connected. You are living as I was in a disconnected place with God. You, you, you don't even know that all of this joy and all this life and all this goodness and all this rich, rich, richness is available to you. Maybe all you've ever seen is religion and maybe it's turned you off. Maybe you went to a, a religious school or you were married to a religious fanatic or your parents were fanatical about it and it just turned you off. Can I let you know today that God so loves you. He so wants a relationship with you that He sent His only Son, Jesus, to die for you, to have a relationship. He wants to come into your world, into your life. He wants you to help you to fall in love with yourself, help you to love other people, and most importantly, help you to love Him. And so right now, we're going to pray a simple prayer that says, Jesus, I want that relationship with you. I want to be connected with the God of the universe. So if that's you, would you pray this very, very simple prayer with me? You can do it out loud. You can do it in your heart. doesn't really matter. It's not a magical formula, but it's about a relationship with Christ. Just repeat this after me. Jesus, I thank you today that you love me so much and you want to be connected with me. So I give you my life right now in Jesus' name. Amen.